Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Time now for our Friday morning coffee break and very pleased to welcome three good friends of the Limerick Today show into the studio for the first coffee break of the year and indeed of the decade. And they're all looking well on it, the switch of the uh, decade. Um, and uh, that is Roger Beck, who, of course, is manager of Parkway Shopping Centre. How are you, Roger? Morning, Joe. Um, morning, everybody. Solicitor based in Glentworth Street, Ger O'Neill. Good morning and a happy new year to Ger. Good morning, Joe. And uh, historian Sharon Slater is with us as well. Good to see you, Sharon. Happy new year to you. Same to yourself. How are you doing? I'm great. Good, good, good to hear. Okay, well, we had a great time on Christmas Eve. Thank you, Roger, for hosting us at Parkway Shopping Centre. We just, it was just great fun. It's always great fun, Joe, isn't yeah, it? Just it is. gets the Christmas after a real good swing and start and I think the, the music of the band there just before 12 o'clock really just got it off to a good go for us. It did, it was brilliant and I should also say that uh, there was a thousand euro of course given to Catherine well done to you Catherine uh, who uh, won that in Limerick Today's 10 to 1 which will be back this Monday with another chance to win and then right at the very end um, the announcement of uh, the figure that you, the listeners helped to raise this year for uh, three fantastic children's causes uh, in Limerick uh, Carry Limerick, the Children's Grief Centre and Cleaners uh, through Live 95 Helping Limerick Children uh, the target was a big one. It was €95,000. And on the morning, we announced €95,000 and €95. Euro. Is that right? €95,000 and €95. Euro. Does that make sense? <laughs> and, and it's gone up a little bit uh, since then as well. So we were absolutely thrilled about that. And thank you very much. And uh, we'll be announcing the absolutely final figure over the next couple of, uh, of weeks. Um, so, Roger... Um, just to mention, uh, because it was something that you chatted to us about actually the day before you were in the studio and uh, I know it was being discussed in the background then on our Christmas Eve show. What is the latest on gift works that you're aware of, which which closed quite suddenly, as we know, just before Christmas? Joe, I have had absolutely zero communication from them since. I've been phoning every day. I've sent text messages. I've sent emails up as close as this morning. Uh, we've had no communications, there's been nobody has come near the unit, nothing has changed as far as we're aware at all. Uh, we don't know what happened, we don't know if everybody's okay, if something's gone business-wise wrong, family-wise wrong, uh, we have absolutely no idea. So, uh, unfortunately I have nothing to say. And do uh, you still have people coming to you who were customers asking questions? I, Joe, to be fair, I think the, the interview here on the Monday morning was great because it got the message out to people that, number one, that there was a, a problem and number two, that unfortunately it was outside our control to do anything with it. So yes, we, we still get a few people, uh, but because most people were expecting stuff pre-Christmas, uh, everything was in that four days before Christmas, kind of from the Saturday through to, to, through to the Tuesday. That's when we had most people coming. We'd still meet the odd one now, but uh, most people, I think, know about it at this stage, unfortunately. And uh, we still have no nothing further to report, which makes it even more baffling um, from everybody's point of view. Okay, we'll keep an eye on it anyway because this is, hey, um, listeners obviously interested we'll, uh, in it. Um, we'll certainly let you know, Joe, if something comes in and I'll come in and let everybody know. I think that's the fairest thing to do. Great, Roger. Can't ask for more than that. And thank you very much uh, for bringing us uh, up to speed as best you can on that. Uh, now, um, every year has uh, its sad and at times shocking deaths. And uh, the last 24 hours, the very start of uh, this year of 2020, uh, saw that um, with the death of Marion Finucane. And we've been playing some clips of... Uh, the broadcaster in an interview she did with us on uh, Limerick Today uh, a few years back across the morning. Well, that was, um, as you can imagine, it was difficult enough 
but uh, she very much wanted to do it. She, another very direct person, I met her for lunch. She came in, she was on a walking stick. Um, and I said, oh, God, did you twist your ankle or, or what? And she just sat down and she said, I have tumours in my brain. I have tumours in my lungs. Um, I'm going to die pretty shortly. I have to get radiation. I don't think I'll take chemotherapy. And, like, there was no preface to any of this at all. And I, I nearly keeled over, you know, as you can imagine. So that was Marion Finucane talking to us about uh, an interview that has been widely discussed uh, since the news of Marion's death came through, and that was with Nulo Fuelon, that people will uh, remember who came in and did just the most amazing interview with Marion about facing death. And uh, Marion passed away in her sleep um, at home uh, yesterday, but was due to be uh, working on her uh, show tomorrow. Um, what do you think of all of that, um, Sharon? Well, I saw it like most people on social media straight away um, yesterday and it was just a shock because I don't think there's anybody in Ireland who doesn't know Marion Fnucan. Even if they never listen to her show, they know the name, they know the face. It was just, she was an integral part of, you know, Irish society for so long. It was just a shock. And in terms of the work she did on behalf of women's issues. Yeah, yeah, it was very important and there was so few women in journalism that we can name automatically and she was one of them she was a very very strong force to be reckoned with and um, it it was and you know it was so sudden there was no build-up there was nothing it was you know i i think most of us still are in shock about it sure yeah well i i think it's a fantastic tribute to her the good wishes and the feelings all around the country i didn't know her personally but i feel she was a wonderful person she had time for all the right issues and when she criticised someone, it was in a nice way and she let all the issues come out. But you knew where she stood. She was a great force for, for women's rights. She's a great force for modernising Ireland, I think. Mm-hmm. She was. She started off, as you remember, as an architect trying to save George in Dublin. And she was on the right side of all the issues you'd want to be on. And we'll miss her. Mm-hmm. I met her a couple of times, Joe. Back, oh, 20 odd years ago, she used to host business dinners and lunches and things back in, when I was in the hotel business. And she'd be down hosting and events. She was always wonderful to deal with, very well researched, very organised, very structured. Everything was just meticulous and a lovely person to work with. Um, she was just a nice person. Mm. Yeah, I met her on one occasion as well when I was starting off and she was uh, very nice uh, to me too. Actually, one thing about her, a remarkably tall woman, you know, I think. Yeah. A very elegant woman. Yeah, and very and very elegant, that's right, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, and you felt that natural from her um, uh, at all times in what she was um, what she was doing so it's just I, I don't know I mean uh, the, the Gay Byrne thing is interesting because of course there was a, a Parkway connection to Gabo wasn't there? Absolutely for years and years and years yeah. um, he was the, the the icon of the Parkway advertising for, <laughs> for so long uh, as soon as everybody heard that ad coming out in the, here on the radio at Christmas they knew Christmas was, <laughs> was down the road it was very close so yeah he was a I was, I was interesting because we, we had a chat actually with Eric who was um, in our production department here involved in making of ads and uh, you know, after uh, his sad death, after Gay's sad death, yeah. which I think people were more aware that he wasn't well and um, Eric said, oh, 
you know, we won't be able Dion's to gone. broadcast that, that ad anymore because it what was. Do you think I felt, Joe? I know, I know, absolutely. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, anyway, it, the ad went out, but somebody else, understandably, was doing it. It this was year. a different anyway, choice for me. Yeah. That's the way. That's the way. All right. Well, look, may she rest in peace. And we will podcast um, that interview that Marion did on the Limerick Today show a few years ago. And I did mention earlier that actually there aren't that many interviews with her where she talked about her own career and her thinking about interviews because it wasn't her style. She didn't do very many interviews to be honest um, and when she did she was very reluctant to talk about herself or her thinking on anything of that kind because I think for her it, the focus was always on uh, the guest or the show or, or the item uh, being uh, discussed. Um, so are you New Year's resolutions people, Jar? Absolutely. You, you come back to work after the Christmas break full of great intentions, full of energy and the whole idea is to keep that going for at least a week or two anyway, Joe. <laughs> So what are yours that you can tell us about? Well, get up early in the morning, be pleasant to everyone, and be the best man I can. Well, those are good. <laughs> they are very, very good ones. Um, are they difficult to achieve, or will you manage them? At least a week, Joe. Just give me a week. <laughs> oh, was the way, isn't it? What about you, Sharon? Uh, no, I don't tend to do New Year's resolutions. I rather <laughs> doing a, I'll do this on a Tuesday. You know, uh, it's same with, like, any of those major event days. I'd rather do them uh, when it counts to me as opposed to when I'm supposed to. It feels a bit more personal and like I should do it. But I think with this, what we've come into with 2020, you know, it's something so new and so fresh. You know, we all remember the 20s. You know, everybody hears about the 20s, the roaring 20s, and it's something so lively. Um, as long as, you know, we have that lively part of the 20s again, but we don't end in a crash, we'll be okay. Well, that's an interesting point, Jaron, because obviously with your interest in and knowledge of history, the 20s, the 1920s versus the 2020s, I mean, what do you think we could compare and contrast um, by the end of this decade compared to that decade? Because that decade ended with the Great Depression, didn't it? 1929. Yeah. And and there's a lot of similarities as well in the growth of of. Uh, economics and and how people are dealing with money and how people view money it was almost the exact same as it was 100 years ago you know there's a saying um history doesn't repeat itself but it sure does rhyme so we you just need to keep an eye out for that and keep an eye out that we're not falling into the same traps as what they did 100 years ago or 20 years ago or you know. yeah what about you and new year's resolutions well joe uh... Yes, uh, this year I'm going to do one. Uh, normally I don't, I don't believe in them, but as people who know me will know, a few years ago I lost a lot of weight. Um, the last two years I've had two major knee replacement operations, so I slipped a little bit, so it's time to get back on the horse and get back to where I was two years ago. Yeah, it's, and, and it's, it's a good thing to do, um, uh, but it is challenging. It is, Joe, but I did it before. Yeah. I lost five, year, five stone the last time, so I've only about two to go this time. So. And actually, just on, on the issue of the 2020s, mm. um, maybe it's because there's been so much talk about the 2030 plan uh, in Limerick since it was unveiled in, I think, 2013. Is this a really important decade for Limerick, do you think, Ger? Oh, I think it's massively important. I mean, as Sharon was saying about the economy, there's ups and downs and all sorts of swings. And if we don't take advantage of what's a current upturn, then we're going to miss it. Uh, you look at Cork, you look at Dublin, they're getting ahead, they're getting on. <laughs> Let's get the opera centre moving. Let's get all the, the, the Cleve site, let's get all of those up, moving and on the way. And then Limerick will be joining the party. And we've got to do it now. 
Yeah, I think so as well. It's so important and uh, making the links as well between the cities, as you say, Cork and, you know, once we get that motorway between Cork and, and Limerick and build the um, the west side of the country to counterbalance what's going on in Dublin too. And that's so important for the 2030 as well. If we don't have the infrastructure in place, if we don't have the, the building works of the um, Opera Centre and Cleve site and all of these in place, um where will we see it? Ten, it's only 10 years, 2030s. It's, it's only around the corner. It's not that far away. Um, so we need to get a move on. I mean, because you've done a lot of work on Limerick history, but I think you have been based in Cork. Is that right, recently? Um, for, for the last year, I've been down in Cork, so, but I'm up and down all the time. Right. So. So, so so do you see a difference in how Cork is progressing and how Limerick is progressing? Yeah. Um, even if you just do a crane count in Cork, you know, it's it's phenomenal how many more are there than what are going on in Limerick and you know it just needs that little bit of a push you know it can it can be the same and it can get that development too. Yeah um, Dublin and Cork and Galway they're at the, the building stage we were only talking about outside we're at the planning application stage at this stage with things like Parkway Valley and the, the housing development at Castletry Shopping Centre and there's one in Grove Island but they're only at the planning stage we're we're that two years behind where everybody else is, unfortunately. I don't think there's a crane in Limerick. There might be one, but certainly uh, there isn't a, there isn't a, a, an orchard of them like they have in other places. I just feel there's a real urgency now, isn't there? Mm. You know, I mean, we can't... And, and, I, and I want to be fair in acknowledging that things that were um, laid out in the 2030 plan back in 2013 have happened or are progressing. Yeah. Uh, are, milestones have been met, but at the same time, we're in an absolutely vital period because you just feel that if Limerick misses the bus this time, when will we get the chance well, again? But they are progressing, but they're progressing slower than in other places, Joe. That's the problem. Yes, the university have taken over the old Dunn site in Sarsfield. That's that's brilliant for the city. I think that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. The the rugby museum coming into O'Connell Street, that's going to bring a whole new uh, emphasis to the centre of the city for people to come into the city centre. But it needs the momentum needs to be kept going. As Ger says, the opera centre needs to move. It can't sit there forevermore. Um, the whole city has to become dynamic or it will it'll just die. Now, my sense is that, and you talk to colleagues, I'm sure, in the city centre and in other parts around Limerick, that uh, business in general, retail particularly, had a good Christmas period. It had a relatively good Christmas period, but it wasn't brilliant. Uh, it was it, Yes, it was good. It was probably a little bit up on last year. Um, but it, it was still tough. It was still tough and you had to work for it. It didn't, uh, money wasn't handed over the counter willy-nilly. If you had staff who couldn't sell, you weren't making money. You had to be able to sell to make good money. Mm. And there's a, there's a big difference in, the, you know, we, we've always said the staff cause businesses to close. Uh, they also cause them to be successful. And um, if you don't have the right staff, you don't have the right, you don't have a successful business. Because I know one of your own tests, which you would have mentioned to me before, is those who are paying with debit cards or cash and those who are paying with credit cards. And, and that was very noticeable this year, that it was cash and, and debit cards. That was very noticeable right across all the shops this year and many of them would have commented on that to me that it wasn't the credit thing. So, you know, the, this big credit uh, visa bills coming in in the last the third week in January and suddenly everybody realises, oh, holy, what have I done? Um, you know, I, I think that sting won't be there, hopefully won't be there at the end of this month. Well, I know we heard a story in here that uh, one of the banks put in their ATM machines, and I think five or six of them around the city centre at nine o'clock in the morning, very significant sums of money, very mm-hmm. significant sums of money in each ATM. And they were all empty by three o'clock. Oh. So, 
you know, see the ATMs in the park, which are how often they were being filled. Mm. No, we don't know how much goes into them. Uh, that's their own business, but they were filled on a very, very, very regular basis. So that does suggest, doesn't it? This is positivity, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good sign. Yeah. yeah. You know, you would think so. But just to finish on the, yeah. the building, Joe, I don't think we need to panic because what we build now will be there for the next 100 years mm-hmm. and let's build it beautiful. Let's build it the style that people will say, that's Limerick and they'll come here and they'll admire Limerick. And we won't have Sarsfield House on the banks of the river. We'll have the new university building and it'll be something worth looking at. Yes. I think a lot of people would agree with that, but I would also maybe, God, I can't believe I'm about to quote something that was being used during the Brexit debate across the water, but it is fair, I think, in this context. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Mm-hmm. True. And if we don't start it, they'll be gone somewhere else. Mm. The other thing that's been interesting is a government report has concluded that the colour-coded weather warning system has, in quotations, limitations and is not fully understood by the public and the report specifically criticises the issuing of multiple warnings for the same weather events. I'm hearing more and more criticism of this. Joe, we have traffic lights in this system and the public can't understand them properly. They drive through red lights. <laughs> so how do we expect them to understand weather warnings where it's a, it's not a finite black and white subject? Traffic lights are black and, black and white, red, white and green, you know, and they don't understand them. So how, how can we expect them to to abide by the weather warnings. God help the poor people in the weather service. <laughs> We're going to be raining in Kerry, sunny in Dublin, snowing in Monaghan. How, how can they do it? And once you add a name into it as well, you know, that, <laughs> that really gets people going. And it depends on the name, uh, whether somebody takes the storm seriously or not. So, you mean just by, by happenstance, yeah, whatever name they've whatever used? Whatever name it is that they, they bring up. If you know somebody by that name and you either like them or don't like them, it'll <laughs> tell you whether you're going to go out in that storm. <laughs> You know, look, they, can, they can't win here. I understand that, the Met Service, you know, because if they don't give warnings, then people are complaining afterwards, why weren't we warned? But part of the difficulty now is there are so many warnings, they're so frequent, yellow, orange. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. It's much easier to